Hey everyone, what is up and welcome to the Lifestyle Lifter Show. I'm your host, your online transformation coach, Adrian McDonald, here to help you look, feel and perform better without restrictive dieting. And today's episode is going to be titled Three Ways to Transform a Skinny Fat Body. And I will say I'm not trying to insult anyone by using the term skinny fat. That's just the, the term used to describe me, I guess, and my overall physique about 10 years ago. If you looked up skinny fat in a picture dictionary, you probably would have seen Adrian McDonald circa 2013 show up as the first picture because I had that skinny fat physique. So I know a lot of people out there listening might be in the same same boat where you don't have a whole lot of muscle across, let's say your arms or your chest or skinny legs, but yet you still have a bit of stubborn body fat there around your tummy or your upper thighs. Okay, I was in that position before carried quite a bit of body fat around my tummy, around my waistline, even though I had no muscle. So on today's episode, I described three ways to transform a skinny fat body. All right, so if you do get value from the show, all I ask you to do is, you can even do it while you're listening, while you're walking, while you're driving, maybe not while you're driving, put in, put in if you are driving, or if you're working out at the moment, please do it during your rest period. Just leave a five-star review. That is all, because this is the only way the podcast is gonna grow, through people like you listen leaving a review and 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 spreading the good word because i will not be running ads to it everything i do to grow this show will be all done organically all right so that is all for the intro i really hope you enjoyed this week's episode episode number 47 three ways to transform a skinny fat body Hey everyone and welcome back to the Lifestyle Lifters show. I was reflecting back on my transformation journey so far and it's been 10 years since I joined the gym first and looking back at my physique, how I looked 10 years ago, it actually spurred me on to record this podcast today, which is going to be titled something along the lines of how to transform a skinny fat body. And I'm not saying this to shame anybody because I used to be skinny fat if anyone doesn't know my backstory. So I'll actually share that first of all, but let's for, um, we'll just start out by describing what actually is skinny fat and how can you transform a skinny fat body. For me, I used to be skinny fat and skinny fat can be characterized by a physique where you have you know skinny arms, uh, skinny legs, you don't really have much muscle mass on your chest, yet you seem to be carrying a bit of weight around your tummy and your waistline. And um, for me in particular, it was my love handles, maybe for, for women. Sometimes it can be the waistline or even your upper thighs there. But if you look up skinny fat in a picture dictionary, Adrian McDonald circa 2013 would likely show up as a description because that is exactly how I looked. And it was funny the way it actually went because when I first started out in college, I think I weighed in at about 67 or so odd kilos. And this was to September 2012. And I ended my first year in college seven kilos heavier. I, I think I got up to 74 kilos. And I went from being super skinny. You know, pre-college, I wasn't skinny fat. I was just skinny. I had no muscle mass, but I didn't have much fat at all around my tummy or my waistline. But I went from being skinny to skinny fat. And this was from having a diet which compiled off. Oh, God, I used to go to that local little down the road. I used to have like crackers and nochella. That could be potentially a breakfast. Um, Then for lunch, you know, it could be something like just one of those 
one of those um, breaded chicken breasts that you might get in little, and then it could be a takeaway in the evening on top of a decent amount of alcohol and sugar and sweetened beverages and so on. Okay, so I, I literally, I didn't take care of myself at all. And I got to the end of first year, being a merry eye, there's a ratio of about one to five, um, guys to girls. So look, everyone, everyone I'll be authentic and honest here. Like, lack confidence, even just going up and approaching women. And it was all stemming from the fact that I just didn't really like the way I looked in the mirror. So September or no, May 2013, let's fast forward it. I joined the gym first and my overall goal was to transform my skinny fat body to at least something that I felt more confident and proud of by looking at myself in the mirror. And over the course of the last couple of years, I guess I, I somewhat at least have been able to accomplish that. So on today's episode, I want to describe if you are in a similar situation and you would like a similar transformation, these are some things that I did to actually transform my own skinny fat body 10 years ago. So let's just start out with the root cause of being skinny fat. And the root cause of being skinny fat is the absence of muscle across your entire body. Okay. You know, your arms are quite thin. They look quite weak. Same with your legs. Um, you know, you, you don't really have much definition there in your chest or any, any particular body part at all. You're just lacking that a bit of muscle and definition there. So the question then becomes, should you bulk or should you cut? And before I answer that, you know, I, I do see a lot of people who, and again, I'm not trying to shame anyone because this was me in the gym a couple of years ago, who might have that skinny fat physique. And I heard someone present the argument, is it better to be overweight than better to be in skinny fat? And, and to be fair, it was a pretty decent point because let's just suppose for a moment that you're listening to this and maybe you have a bit of weight to lose, but you've actually quite a bit of muscle mass below that weight once you lose that you could potentially be in a better position there because you know that once you drop that extra bit of weight at least you have the muscle mass there to fall back on whereas for me when I was skinny fat I had that extra bit of weight around my tummy area but then I had no muscle mass at all okay so should you bulk or should you cut I mean I think I hope at this stage the answer is quite simple if you cut and you're currently have that you know, skinny fat physique without a whole lot of muscle mass, you're going to look even skinnier and scrawnier and you're going to decrease your metabolic rate. You're going to impact your metabolism there because you're just going to even slow it down even more, whatever your maintenance calories are. Any small bit of muscle you might have, you're going to be shedding that away. So I don't really see much point in continuing to try to lose that body fat around the tummy if you are in that position. You don't necessarily need to bulk up and just, you know, do an IIFYM if, if it fits your macros and eat whatever you want and just try to have three, four thousand calories a day from complete garbage. And sure, you might put on a bit of weight and muscle, but quite a bit of body fat, too. Often, because I was literally in this position, people who are in that skinny fat category, they often can actually gain some muscle and lose some fat simultaneously because they've probably never followed a structured program before, which actually catered, catered and tailored for their needs. So for example, I used to train in a gym in Tune County Galway called Cora Leisure, and there used to be a guy there who would religiously run the treadmill. And fair play to him, 
in terms of consistency, second to none there. About three times a week he'd be in. But literally what he would do, and, and the reason I remember him was because he would go on the treadmill, he'd actually hold on to the treadmill itself. So he'd freaking make so much noise in from just the pounding and the slamming of running on the treadmill. But he'd been doing that, you know, I've been training there a couple of years and he hadn't changed at all. He still had that quote unquote, that skinny fat physique. And see, often, as I mentioned, the root cause of being skinny fat is having a lack of muscle across your entire body. But often, because I, again, I was the case here, the reason the type of training those skinny fat individuals would have been doing just like me 10 years ago would have been primarily cardio. Okay, lots and lots of cardio in the absence of doing any structured strength work. Maybe they are a bit here and there, but more so cardio dominant. And I'll share an example, a client I worked with, Kieran, um, the start of the pandemic three years ago now nearly at this stage, he probably would have been in the same or similar category to me, similar enough weight that I would have been when I started out. And he had, you know, skinny enough arms, but yet he was carrying a bit of body fat around the tummy area. And just like myself at the time, he would have been a GA athlete, obviously done all the training throughout the years probably would have done a few S&C programs like most club club teams do at this stage. But the problem with those is there's no one really monitoring or tracking them. And whether you do the sessions or whether you don't, at least in our situation, no one really cares. And it's also, it's a one size fits all generic approach where somebody who is 28, 10 years lifting experience is put on the same program as somebody fresh out of minor. But anyways, going back to Kieran, the client that I've been working with for the last three years, almost at this stage, prior to us working together, he would have had, you know, a similar enough physique to myself. And this, the root cause of it was his main form of exercise was just predominantly cardio. He had a couple of weights at the house. He might've done them sporadically for two or three weeks, but cardio was always something he would have resorted back to running, just running, running, running for plain GEA. He thought that was the most important thing. And don't get me wrong, I'm not saying you shouldn't run. However, if cardio is your only form of exercise in the absence of strength training, it's not a very effective way to address the root cause of being skinny fat, which is a lack of muscle across your entire body. Because how do you build muscle? You build muscle by resistance training, lifting weights, tearing down muscle fibers, allowing them to recover, which in turn would allow them to increase in size. How do you lose fat? You lose fat by being in a calorie deficit. Doing cardio is an effective way of burning calories, improving your overall cardiovascular health and health. And obviously it, it can be beneficial for fat loss. But if you're doing cardio in the absence of strength training, that is a direct formula of having that quote unquote skinny fat physique. So for instance, with Kieran and myself included, here are some similar steps that we would have incorporated and followed to make sure that we actually could transform that skinny fat physique. So the first thing was, it might sound obvious, but just structured strength training, minimum three to four times a week. Three times a week, you can actually build. Two times is usually enough to maintain. Three, you can build, and four, you can really optimize. But a minimum baseline three, if you want to build muscle now, because the goal is, if you have that physique, you want to build and pack on a bit of muscle. So if you were doing strength training, a big emphasis should be on compound lists for a start. They are the baseline of your program. Just like we start every meal, you should plan out every meal around a lean source of protein. In general, I don't like to talk in absolutes, but for a lot of people listening here, 
the the main lift of your workout would be your compound lift. So what are your compound lifts? For the upper body, that would be the bench press, the overhead press, and maybe pull-ups or chin-ups there too. For the lower body, you're talking squats, you're talking deadlifts, you're talking lunge variations. They are the big, big lifts that are going to work more than one, one group of muscles at once. So, for example, I remember when I actually got into some structured strength training, initially in the bench presses, everyone is in college, like no one cares about how much you, <laughs> no one really cares about how much you're able to lunge or reverse lunge in each leg. But the first question anyone asks you in the gym is how much do you bench, bro? So as your typical college student, we obviously would have prioritized doing benching, probably bench at least two times a week, maybe a bit too often in hindsight, but look, at least our intention was good. And my baseline at the time when I was benching in college was about 60 kilos. Like I thought if I could get two twenties on either side of the bar there, I was the freaking God. I was the king because that was my, <laughs> that was my baseline at the start. I would have been starting out with just doing 30, 40 kilos there. Cause again, I, I very, very weak arms, didn't have much mus muscle in my chest at all, but I would have built that up over time. And across a couple of years, I did get up to a hundred kilos before I finished college, which a decent jump, at least it was. I'll never forget the day I benched a hundred too. It was just a big aha moment for me. Um, a guy actually shout out to Paul Vardy if you're listening. I was in total fitness in Tume in County Galway. He was at the end of his workout. He was walking out of the changing room and I was confident I get it, but you can't be sure. So I asked him to spot me and thankfully I banged it out. So that was come the end of my college year. And I did manage to increase my strength just like Kieran did by focusing on just doing the main compound lifts. So as I mentioned, the bench press, that's obviously a good one for the upper body, overhead press, pull-ups, squats, deadlifts, lunges, and so on. Here and then, for example, any clients who comes to work with us, we always try to do an initial strength test. And this is just to see where you're at in terms of your strength levels. And one of the exercises we had in Kieran's program was a deadlift, a hex bar deadlift. And he started out for a three rep max on the hex bar deadlift was about 75 kilos. Now, just by emphasizing the compound lifts, and doing some accessory work, which I'll talk about in a moment, Kieran builds that up to about 170 to 175. I'm not sure which one over the course of about a year. Okay, so literally added 100 kilos to his deadlift, filled out his frame much, much more, got much, much stronger. And that's because there was a big emphasis on primarily the strength and the compound lifts. Okay, now, then the question, this begs the question, is doing compound lifts enough to build strength? To build strength, I mean, strength is is measured in terms of the amount of weight that you lift. Yes, it is. But if you want to build strength and you want to pack on a bit of muscle, not saying you can't do one without the other, you also got to do some accessory work to fill in the gaps. Because if you're just doing primarily barbell movements, okay, they're all bilateral movements, meaning you are the bench press, the squat, the deadlift, you're doing it on two legs, bench press, you're holding with two arms. And what can often happen, this, this is a mistake I made in the past, was by focusing too much on the compound lifts and not doing accessory work, you might find that one leg becomes stronger than the other or one arm becomes stronger than the other. Because just think about it, when you're doing a bench press and let's just say your right arm is stronger than your left, even if your left arm can't fully push, push the weight equally compared to your right arm, your right arm will be able to do some of the extra work there just to tie you over. So. 
it's not to say that you should just focus on compound lifts. They are really important. But if your goal is to build strength and pack on a bit of muscle, you need to be doing some accessory work as well to fill in the gaps. So I'm just going to address the three main compound lifts and what are some of my favorite exercises, accessory exercises to actually increase those. So let's just say, for example, you're doing the barbell bench press as your main lift. Okay, and remember the goal is to transform from that skinny fat body to a more muscular physique with the bench press. As I already alluded to, because that is a bilateral movement, try to do some unilateral or single arm work. So my favorite one is probably an incline, a low incline, not too high of an incline, a real low incline dumbbell chest press. So if, you're, if your gym doesn't have a an incline, just put like a, a 225 or 220 kilo bumper plates on, on a bench and that should be enough to tie you over. But just a low, a low incline dumbbell bench press, fantastic exercise I find for growing your chest. Now, on top of this as well, though, when you're talking about building your bench press and just adding muscle to your chest, you've got to follow the fibers. And if you're doing, we'll say, a flat bench press, this is going to work your medial chest. If you're doing a decline bench press, this is going to work your lower chest. And if you're doing an incline bench, it's going to work your upper chest. But you also got to address the midsection. And a great way to address the midsection is when your arms actually cross over. So a good way to train that is to Finish off your chest work with some form of a cable crossover. I really start to enjoy those the last 12 months now. And the overall goal there is to bring the arms across the body. So if you want to build a bench press, obviously bench press is great for developing the chest, developing strength, and then to fill in the gaps there, incline dumbbell press and a crossover I really like. On top of people, you know, they're so, so humbling. Yet not many people do them in the gym. Just push-ups. Push-ups are fantastic because when you're doing a bench press, your shoulders are locked into a bench there, okay? You want your shoulders nice and rigid. Whereas with push-ups, it's the opposite. It's actually like a free-flown, you want your, your shoulders moving. So it's a good way just to address both a rigid standpoint and also just adding some movement there to your shoulders so they don't become, you know, too fixated. Finally, my other... Another good and um, beneficial exercise to build up your bench press, a lot of the bench actually comes from your tricep strength. So something more specific like a close grip bench press where you have your hands maybe just outside the, the nerdings and the bar there and you're pressing the weight just below, just above your belly button and pressing it back into the back into the bar. I find that's a great exercise too for building your bench press. All right, onto your squat then. So let's just say for the lower body now, your main strength lift, your main compound lift your is your squat. What are some good accessory exercises? So again, like I mentioned, the squat is a bilateral movement. So try to use some single, or single leg work. Rear foot elevated split squats. Probably my favorite exercise of the lot there. So rear foot elevated split squats, for anyone who doesn't know them, I would recommend you elevate your foot onto a barbell or a roller as opposed to a bench so your ankle has more range of motion. I've just been changing that up recently. I've found them much more comfortable, even though they are really difficult. But a rear foot elevated split squat, it's a, it's a great accessory lift for building up your squat. Um, other exercises that are quite good include, would say like a leg press variation or a hack squat. They're quite good. You can, you can um, use partial range squats. I actually started recently doing these where I don't squat fully to parallel. I squat to maybe three quarters of the way down. But the benefit being is you're more accustomed to loading a heavier weight. 
So let's just say, for example, your five rep max in the squat is 100. If you do half squats or three-quarter squats, you may you might be able to load up 110 there. So that when you go back down to 100, it's just going to feel much lighter because you already know what 110 feels like on your back. All right. Other good exercises for building your squat include high rep goblet squats where you're doing them with a dumbbell or even something like a hip thrust there. You can do bilateral with two legs or even single lateral with one leg. All right. And then finally for the deadlift. So the deadlift is the third main compound lift. That's your main lift. Some accessory lifts to try increase your deadlift. I love pause deadlifts where you're deadlifting with the barbell, but you pause around your mid chin, hold it for a thousand one, a thousand two, and then you lock out hard. Again, if you want to do some single leg work, you can do barbell RDLs, single leg barbell RDLs, or single leg dumbbell RDLs. They are all really good exercises for building for building your deadlift. And then let's not forget about a lot of your deadlift strength will come from your back as well. So a good way to build up your back are doing pull-ups and doing rows and lap pull-downs. Okay. So once we we now know that you know strength training obviously is important, this then asks the question, which I sort of answered already, but I'll just touch on it again. Do you need to do cardio or should you do cardio if you want to, um, let's just say, pack on a bit of muscle? And cardio will not directly help you build muscle, but indirectly it will increase, increase your overall um, mus muscular development and strength. The reason being is because, look, we've all probably seen the lifter in the gym who looks quite strong, but I would have breath going up a flight of stairs. Or, you know, ask them to run 500 meters or a lap of the pitch and they are completely gassed. And they might look fit, but they're not necessarily cardiovascular fit, at least. Let's just put it like that. So cardio can, can indirectly be so, so beneficial for increasing your strength, not to just mention the health and the longevity benefits of just having a good cardiovascular base. Because... The reason it can help you indirectly increase your strength is it's going to actually allow you to recover faster in between work, in between sets. Let's just say, for example, you are doing a deadlift and you were gassed out for four or five minutes afterwards. Okay, if you do anthem within four minutes afterwards, you're just not going to be able to perform. With a good cardiovascular base, you might decrease that rest period to two minutes or even three, which means let's just say it takes you 20 minutes to do four working sets you might be able to fit five or even six working sets in the same time frame, which means over the course of an hour in the gym, you could increase the number of sets you do by three, four, or even five, depending on how much rest you take in between. Okay? So that is the first way to transform the skinny fat physique. That is focus on compound lifts, build up some accessory lifts, and don't be shy on cardio. Just make sure it's not your only form of training. Then we go on to diet and Without spending too long on this, obviously, having a diet which is high in protein is going to be so, so important if you want to build muscle and transform your physique. Because protein, not only does it help keep you fuller for longer, it's going to help you recover faster in between sessions. It's going to increase your muscle protein synthesis, which is going to allow you to actually build some muscle after you tear those fibers down in your workout. And also, on top of this as well, particularly now, if you're in a calorie deficit, and you want to lose a bit of fat, not necessarily if you're skinny fat, but you actually want to lose some fat, having a high-protein diet will help you preserve as much muscle as possible, okay? So protein is really important to include that at every meal. Your protein, whether you want to lose weight, whether you want to add more weight, whether you want to stay the same weight, 
your protein intake should always be high. Okay, so a good metric is roughly probably in the higher end, but two grams, or if you want to be more specific, 1.6 to 2.2 grams is what the research says per kilo of body weight if your goal is to build a bit of muscle there. So let's just say, for example, we'll round it to two grams for, for just for um, convenience. I'm going to go back to Kieran. He weighed 75 kilos times two, which is 150 grams of protein a day. Okay, so how can what are some good ways we can increase our protein? Every meal, protein at every single meal. A lot of busy working professions listening. If you, you know, I often find when when clients work with us initially, their main source of protein just comes at dinner, which is in the form of a meat usually, or if you're a vegan or vegetarian, you know, tofu or a corn or something like that, corn stir fry. But breakfast is such a common meal where people actually miss out on protein. And they might be saying, you know, I eat quite healthy. I have the porridge in the morning. And porridge is great, but porridge on its own is a carbohydrate. You want to be adding some protein with that. So egg white, Greek yogurt, smoked salmon, a lot of good sources there. Put some protein powder into your protein shake. Get one of those protein puddings in Lidl or Aldi that people are raving about. But it's not that difficult to add protein in every meal. Okay. Um, for lunch, it could be like something like an omelet. You could have eggs. You could have a stir fry, half the stir fry for lunch, half the stir fry for dinner. You could get a salad. So many options there. Dinner time would be your lean meat there. Um, any form of meat that you're having or fish or tofu, if you're a vegan or vegetarian, beans, lentils and so on. And then snacks, Greek yogurt, all is a great one. Protein powder, um, adding protein powder to your protein shakes, even yeah, even um, or putting some protein powder into your Greek yogurt. They're all simple and easy ways to bulk up your protein. But do not be shy and adding some protein if you want to pack on a bit of muscle. OK, and the third and final way to transform, if you have that, you know, quote unquote, that skinny fat physique that I would have had 10 years ago. Let's look at your lifestyle. OK, and particularly let's talk about your sleep and your stress levels, because high levels of stress levels. This can elevate your cortisol, which is your stress hormone. And while not all stress is necessarily bad, too much of stress, which is called distress, that can have a negative impact on your ability to build muscle. Even just your, your ability to recover, it can have some hormonal issues there. It can impact your testosterone, would you believe? Something I'm currently working on just to find a bit of time in the evening to wind down relax switch off the phone no more technology past a certain time you know maybe just read a book whatever whatever works for you i love just going outside getting out for a walk when when sometimes you just need to clear the head or obviously exercising too now too much exercise can also be a form of stress but for the most part it's a great way to alleviate stress and then we'll talk about sleep sleep is really important i used to be of the opinion as an arrogant 23, 24 year old working as a teacher and a coach that I don't need to go to bed till about half 12, get up at half six, I'll be fine. Six hours I can operate on 100%. And operating on six hours sleep, that became my norm. So I didn't know anything different. But then any night before we played championship, I always made sure to get to bed at about half 10. So I would have been operating on eight and nine hours sleep. And by God, would you notice a change then? OK, so imagine that becomes your new baseline where instead of being in a low energy state from having a lack of sleep. Your normality is that you feel refreshed, you feel ready, you feel recovered after a good night's sleep every night. OK, and sleep can, again, 
you know, I I do work with some people and you're looking at their food diary and it looks great. The training, it's going good. But yet that extra layer of body fat, it's just not shifting. John, a, a client of ours, he was in this situation. He was doing everything right. And he couldn't understand why when he was able to do a cut before that his body fat wasn't going down as quickly. And I just asked him, you know, about his work life. He's working up sometimes 80 hours a week and more. Sleeping a couple hours a night. I just asked him to change that. Try to get to bed a bit earlier. Some form of a wind down technique. Maybe, you know, write out your to-do list. Do a bit of a brain dump. Write out your to-do list for tomorrow, the night before, and leave the phone down before bed. And let's just get a bit of sleep now. Let's get a bit of sleep, John. The following week, he weighed in. He said he had the best week of training of his entire life. And it was just from doing those two things. Okay, so you can be doing everything right with the strength training, with the compoundness, with the diet, with the protein. But it's important not to neglect the big rocks, that is reducing your stress and getting good quality sleep. And that is the third and final way to transform from a skinny fat to a muscular physique. So just to summarize, that skinny fat physique, it comes usually from having, the root cause of it is having a lack of muscle across your entire body. And often the type of training skinny fat individuals do, no more than myself back in the day, was excess cardio in the absence of strength training. So the first summary, the first thing we need to do is add more strength training, focusing on compound lifts, accessory lifts and do some cardio if you want okay a high protein diet then is obviously really important to preserve build lean muscle and finally then just elevating your or not elevating but rather reducing your stress and getting good quality sleep there probably get at least seven seven and a half hours a night that's going to be the third and final way okay so that is all for this week's episode i hope you found this helpful obviously this is general advice Everyone has different body types. And if you want something that is more specific and customized for you and just laid out. So if you're a busy professional working and you have working 40 hours a week and you don't want to be spending an extra hour or two figuring out what to do or checking out YouTube videos or scrolling through Instagram and, and using that as inspiration for today's workout, you want it all laid out for you with accountability, with coaching, then just uh, send me a message on Instagram. I think that might be the best place to, to touch base. Send me a message on Instagram at Mac Lifestyle Fitness. That's MC Lifestyle Fitness. And just message me transform or something along those lines. Or even, you know, if you want to inquire about how our service works, I'd be more than happy to give you all, all the details. If that is something you're not currently interested in, but potentially down the line, I also have some free resources here, which I will post in the show notes. So we have our seven day fat loss accelerator, which some of our members have lost up to seven pounds in seven days just from following this blueprint. I'll post a link to that as well. And we also have a live and lean less recipe cookbook, which proves to anyone out there that eating quote unquote healthy does not have to be boring. So the links to those are also in the show notes if you'd like something as well, just to go off. Thank you so much to everyone for listening. If you did get value from it, please just leave a, leave a rate and leave, leave a review. That's actually the most important thing though that you can please do to support me in return because the only way this podcast is going to grow, I'm not going to run ads to it, so it's just going to be through word of mouth and people like you listening, leaving a five-star rating ideally and a review if you have time. 
Okay, so that is all for this week's episode. Hope you found this helpful. Until next week, I hope everyone has a great week.